There are three types of people in this world. Those that don't learn, those that learn from their own mistakes, and the smart people who learn from other people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. If you want to be smart and learn from our whiskey buying mistakes, then stick around. You know, Randy, before we get into some of our bourbon buying mistakes, I think that it would be um, remiss, we would be remiss, Mm -hmm. if we did not first talk about one of our greatest accomplishments, Mm -hmm. and that is building such a great community of Patreons. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, these are folks that faithfully have gone on the journey with us on Bourbon Real Talk. Uh, They not only support the channel, which is a great mission that we're behind, of course. If you don't know, stick around to the end of the episode. You'll hear what this show's all about. But it's not just a one-way street. We want to give back. And so we provide bonus content, special offers, distillery takeovers, barrel picks, in-person meetups, virtual uh, bottle shares online. I mean, there's all kinds of perks to being in the Patreon. There's discounts on merch as well. So if this is something that you enjoy, this content is what you're all about, and you want to take the whiskey journey with us, Head over to the Patreon, the the link's in the description, and uh, we'll see you over there. Sounds good. All right, let's get into the disclaimers. Mm. So, every whiskey uh, that's ever been made, somebody made it with passion. Yes. And so, on this channel, we typically don't say negative things about individual whiskeys, uh, because we know that somebody poured their heart and soul into it, Um, and that's why we don't trash brands. Um, But... And we also understand that some of the whiskeys we're going to mention, they may be some of your favorites. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, we didn't agree on everything that's on the list. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's okay. So most of our mistakes were actually probably more quality price ratio issue, issues for us. Yeah. Um, and it, it also understand that my motivation and Wes's motivation for buying bottles is not always because we think it tastes amazing. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we're buying it because we do a lot of sharing. Mm-hmm. We both use our whiskey libraries as a library for educational purposes for other people. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to actually hear me say, there are some of these bottles that I bought and I, f- I felt like I was overpaying and I had already tasted it and I knew I didn't like it and I bought it anyway. Right. Yeah. And, and so we're trying to give you advice for you for when you are going to purchase for your own palate, for your own consumption. And, and to that point, I think that it's important that we mention that just because we say these are bottles that we regret buying, you should definitely try them for yourself before you make the purchase or before you write them off. Uh, these are all bottles that we would recommend you go to someone's house like Randy's or a friend in town or someone that you hang out with in the bourbon community and try some of these bottles that you have on your list to make sure that they're ones that you really enjoy before you buy. Couldn't agree more. All right, let's get into the bottles. Let's do it. Uh, no particular order on these. Uh, we just threw them together. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to have more than Wes, but I have more bottles than Wes, so it makes sense that I have more regrets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the uh, first one on my list was the uh, Kentucky Owl Confiscated, Ooh. Uh, which we have right here. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned before that I was a huge fan of Kentucky Owl Rye Batch 1, yep. and uh, I got Batch 2. I was a little underwhelmed by it because of the increase in the price. And so when Kentucky Owl Confiscated came out, I was like, oh, man, maybe I should give this a try. It was kind of expensive. Nobody knew if it was going to be allocated. And uh, and so I, I bought it. And guess what? It is just overpriced 1792 juice. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit, you know, disappointed once I tasted it and I did some more research and I figured out, oh, this is probably sourced mm-hmm. from Barton 1792 and I can get similar liquid 
at a much lower price, I was a little bit disappointed. I mean, that's not a surprise. I've heard that from several of my whiskey buddies myself, and I'm, and that's uh, why I don't have that bottle on my shelf. And that, I mean, again, the may I may be one I like. I just haven't really had the opportunity to really dive into it and see if it's something that I enjoy. But um, I have heard a lot of hate on the taste and the, at least the price point ratio. Yeah, and it's all a of quality, that. I mean, pri- quality uh, price ratio issue for yeah. sure. And because so, 1792 is great whiskey. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, what do you have up next? Um, this one's gonna it's gonna sting a little bit, Wes. Okay. Uh, so what? remember at Christmas when you gave me this very thoughtful gift? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you wait a minute. Is that it right there? Yes, you got me Dickel 17. Oh. And um, oh. I know how much this. Hang on. Let's cost. pause for a sad moment of silence <laughs> for my my Christmas gift. Yeah. So. It, I do not want mm. to express any sort of ingratitude, but when I think mm. about how much you paid for this bottle, I don't even remember honestly what it, I, I. It's a lot. Okay. Yeah. It's it was it was a very expensive. See, there's bottle. no price I wouldn't pay for my friend Randy. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas That's how we take care of each other. That's when we, we give it. each other bottles, it's like ah, throw caution. Yeah. Whatever, man. Whatever, whatever it turns it out to be, it's fine. And if it tastes gross, no no worries. Yeah. So it's the, the Dickel 17, I I regret that you spent that much money on it for me for Christmas. Mm. Um, <clears> it <throat> is a very interesting pour. Um, it it uh, it has. Less of the Flintstone vitamin note that I normally get on Dickel. Uh, it's very grape forward and it's a little bit nutty. So it does kind of taste like a, a, a grape peanut butter sandwich, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. And lots of people have asked to try it. Um, and we give this out in little teeny tiny sips because it is such an expensive bottle. Uh, but it, that's one that I'm like, ah, I really feel bad that you paid that amount for. You know what? Lesson learned. Okay, Lesson learned. I would have never. I, you know, when you're trying to buy whiskey for a guy that has a wall like this, uh, seven, eight hundred bottles, however many you have now, uh, there's not a whole lot you can find out there that he doesn't have. And so I saw it. I knew you didn't have it, and uh, apparently it's a great sample for all of you one day. Yeah. So hopefully exactly. you come by, it's good, pick up a pours, and enjoy that. Good one to try. Um, although um, we, I recently purchased another very similar bottle that was a similar aged Dickel product that was uh, bottled by Doc Swinson's, mm. um, and I hear that those bottles are going for like three hundred bucks or something like that. So I don't think that it's a super bad value just for my palate, yeah. the amount of money it was. Yeah, you know. Okay. Uh, so next up on the list, uh, we have uh, this is gonna this is this is gonna piss some people off. Really? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I'm wh- already pissed off. So <laughs> Wild. Turkey Masters Keep. That pisses me off. See, I'm the one editing this video. And then all of a sudden we get to this part and then this thing happens. That's really how you piss off a producer, right? That's true. Now I gotta rewind all the way back like this. So this one actually may split the crowd and piss some people off. Really? Yes. Uh, So uh, a lot of people like this one, but it's Wild Turkey Masters Keep, Bottle and Bond, 17 year old. Um, and I was just like, mm. somebody brought it like right when it got released. Um, actually, we're great friends with the people that run um, Oklahoma Bourbon Connoisseurs. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the main admin's wife happened to be in town. She came over. She had this bottle. I tasted it. And uh, it, it has that Flintstone vitamins taste that I get from Dickel for mm. some reason. It's a little bit acrid, a lot of barrel char in there, and I didn't really love it. And then the next day I went to one of my locals and they were like, hey, we have this bottle in the back, do you want it? And I was like, yeah, go ahead and give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so I, I bought it anyway. Um, but it's one of those instances where I'm sure that the base juice was great, but they proofed it down enough that yeah. the barrel char flavor just sticks out too much from mm. my palate. A little too oaky. Yeah. Yeah. And while we're on that subject, um, I'm going to go ahead and throw in for the same reason, same distillery, the uh, Wild Turkey Father and Son 13 Mm, year. That's 13. Yeah. See, that seems to be uh, an issue with some distilleries that just, they just can't do that higher age stuff that well, you know? And they're. Wild Turkey falls in that category for me. They just, yeah. If it gets above 12 years, it is super sus. Right. I Um, mean, Jim Beam my opinion, does higher age stuff pretty well. Pretty Heaven well. Hill does as well. So, I mean, you just, you'll find that those some of those distilleries just have a, it's a hard thing to do with bourbon. Yeah. It really and is. it just, I, it, it, you're going to end up with a certain combination of chemical compounds in your whiskey after distillation based on your yeast strain, fermentation temperature, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And some whiskeys continue to develop nuance and flavor and character. And some whiskeys just pull stuff out of the barrel and eventually it starts to taste like barrel char. Yeah. And so, you know, Wild Turkey is one of those distilleries that I prefer their products that are below 12 years old. Yeah. What whiskey will blow your mind that isn't even bourbon and you've probably never heard of? JT Mellick. It comes from a crawfish and rice farm in Louisiana. It's one of the few ground-to-glass distilleries in the U.S., and it's amazing. How did a crawfish and rice farmer become the producer of one of the best whiskeys I've ever tasted? We're going to lose money on the rice, so we put it in the whiskey. Mike's family are sixth-generation rice farmers in Louisiana, and the thought of not growing rice was unbearable. So when rice prices dropped, they decided to grow rice anyway and turn it into whiskey. I know what you're thinking. Randy, it's rice whiskey. How could it be good? This isn't some half sake. I sent out blind sample packs with five other highly regarded allocated bourbons. And when people didn't know what they were drinking, they liked the JT Mellick more. This whiskey surprised me. Someone brought a bottle over to my house and it blew my mind. Where'd you get the whiskey? Yeah, where'd you get the whiskey? I, I brought it to Randy's house. No, you didn't. Yeah! I thought I was the bad cop. No, I'm the bad cop. You're both bad. So if you want a mind-blowingly good whiskey at an affordable price, pick up a bottle of JT Mellick right now. And if there's a vodka lover in your life, don't overlook the vodka. Unlike most vodkas, theirs actually tastes good. To find a shipping retailer or a local retailer near you, click the link in the video description. Clicking the link lets them know that we sent you, so they know to keep advertising with us. Cheers. Um, so I've got I'm, I've got a lot on this. Yeah, list. you keep rocking and roll. I'll do rock mine and roll. at the end. Yeah. Uh, so Joseph Magnus single barrel. Okay. Um, so if, if you guys um, have watched the podcast for a while, you know that I am obsessed with Nancy Fraley. Um, she's the master blender for Joseph Magnus. She helped them develop their cigar blend because she's a big cigar smoker. Um, but because of my weird sulfur super taster thing, mm-hmm. um, I pretty much knew it was going to happen. But because of the finishing barrels that they use in Joseph Magnus, um, it all I taste is sulfur. And it's actually a kind of expensive bottle. I think it's over a hundred bucks. Man, it's a hard knock life for you. Yeah, yeah. And so that was one that I was like, because there's a lot of there. You, I mean, you can pick that sulfur stuff up on a lot of for the super tasters out there. Yeah, Uh, there's a lot of really great bourbons out there that you probably get that on, and that is yeah. And and I and from what I'm told, there's two different ways they ship the barrels. One, they break the barrels down and they palletize the staves, and then they put them back together in the U.S. And the other, they ship the whole barrel, and when they do that, they put this sulfite solution in it to keep microbes uh, from growing inside. 
And I don't know which is which. They don't say it on the label, so I just have to try the whiskey and see what happens. Yeah. So you want to do the next one since I think this one's kind of yeah. This is a, this is a shared uh, a shared one for both of us. And and it's hard to it's really hard to say this because it is a local brand mm -hmm. and they're right here in Texas and and I love them I yeah. love everybody at this distillery yeah the distillery is great definitely recommend you stop in there if you're going through Waco uh, a great brand uh, this particular uh, Balcones bourbon and their rise are 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 not my favorite yeah and, and I, I think that you would say the same I would say the same the reason why is because uh, Balcones uses uh, pot still distillation. Mm -hmm. But that makes sense for them because they're better known for their malt whiskey. Right. And and but they also make bourbons and rice. So for their malt whiskey, they use a lotter ton and they separate the grain solids um, from their fermentation before they put it in the still. But they do a traditional mash for their bourbons and their rice, and that puts the grain solids inside the pot. And when you run a pot really efficiently and try and squeeze that last little bit of liquid out of it, it can start to burn those solids yeah. and it starts to taste like coffee and dark chocolate. And I happen to have the bitterness gene, so those are things that I'm just not attracted to. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm a coffee fan, but dark chocolate's always been one of those bitterness, like it's super bitter to me and I can't get I can't get around it as well. So and that's that's definitely what I pick up on some of those bourbons yeah. and their rye as well. So And and I do love their their um, their malt whiskey. Yeah. And so For sure. and my favorite product they make isn't even it doesn't even fit into a category. It's called Balcones Rumble. Mm -hmm. And it's like if 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 bourbon and rum had a baby. Yeah. I uh, like so it. it's it's pretty interesting. So uh, let's move on it, to the next one. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Okay, I get to talk now. This is great. Um, so speaking of local brands that I really wish that I enjoyed a lot more than I do, um, one of them on my list is Lone Elm. And I'm sorry. I know you guys are fans of the show, and I'm a fan of you. But this particular one here, the single barrel, the straight wheat whiskey, I... Man, it's, maybe it's the pot still, maybe it's the process, and I will admit I've not been to the distillery and seen the whole process, but uh, this is just too sweet for me, first of all, and then it's got a lot of a lot of extra barrel flavor that I don't particularly love. And I, I hate to say that, but this would be one that I particularly regret enjoying. And this is one that we disagree on. Um, I actually do like Lone Elm. Um, the the I think that what he's picking up on is they use 90% uh, red winter wheat and that grain adds a lot of flavor yeah. compounds to the whiskey. So it is pretty over the top because it's 90%. Mm -hmm. um, ironically, they distill to a higher dissolution proof, distillation proof than almost any other distillery I've ever heard of. They go to the legal limit of 160, mm. which should be stripping out more of the flavor yeah. from the grain, but that's how flavor forward this grain is, is that it's still that strong. And then most of the stuff that's been released in the last few years were barrels that they bought back when you couldn't get full-size barrels when you're a new distillery because there was a shortage. Yeah. And so they were using smaller uh, barrel sizes, which increases um, the the amount of interaction the whiskey has with the barrel because of the smaller surface area. And so, and they hot aged some of their barrels. They put their barrels in uh, shipping containers in the Texas sun. And so you had tons it's, of extraction, yeah. tons of uh, wood influence. And for some people, they don't like it. Uh, for me, I do love it, but I understand it, why somebody it, would. It's very overpowering. And it's like Mike Tyson like punched you in the tongue. <laughs> and uh, I really don't care for Mike Tyson punching me anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, uh, even on the nose, man, it's just like, 
like it's so strong. many different, so many different strong flavors are hitting you. And I guess I'm just a simple guy when it comes to whiskey. But my only complaint with it is that it's so oily. Like if you drink it yes. and then you leave your glass, it looks like you you let milk dry in your glass. Yes. It, like your glass turns it all is white. Very oily. Um, and and it's not good if you have heartburn. That oil just really amps up Ooh, the burn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I I do like the whiskey for all those reasons. I'm out now. The next one for me, I know, is one of your favorites. Yeah. And this is one I. It's like I my hate. third favorite whiskey of all time. I know. <laughs> and and I I really wish I liked it more. And it's Thomas Handy. Thomas Handy. Thomas H. Handy. Now, this guy is coveted all across the globe. Mm-hmm. I mean, people search and hunt and try to find this bottle. And I did the exact same thing. Yeah. I searched. I tried. I found it. And I finally got one. Paid a little over retail, but I was still excited to get it. Hadn't opened it yet. Though. Hadn't opened it yet. And I got it, and I was so excited. And I tried it over at Randy's, and it was just it was a little hot for me. Like it I blinded him. Blinded me, and I was like, eh, I don't know. And I'm, he trashed it in the blind. Yeah. And I was like, bro, I got bad news for you. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> and and I, if you go back to that episode, I did. I did not enjoy it when I, when I got it blind. But I was like, you know what? It's a bottle that everyone wants. I better get it while I have the chance. Get it on my shelf so other people can try it. And maybe after I let it sit, let it let it soak in a little bit, drink it a few more times, maybe I'll like it. Yeah. And never did. Yeah. Uh, but I was really, the silver lining to this story is I was able to get one of these and I was able to trade it to somebody for a George T. Stag, which I did enjoy a lot more. Oh, that's so fair. That's fair. It, was a, it was a learning experience, but at the same time, I ended up with a really good bottle. I forgot that I did all of mine and then all of yours, so it's you're up again. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. well, let's keep this party rolling. All right. Uh, the next one up for me is another one that was on the hype train the last couple years. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially after Fred Minnick raved about it. And so I, I went out and I got it. I got two or three of them. And uh, the more I tasted it, the more I just thought it was overhyped. Mm-hmm. Not that it's terrible whiskey, not that it's a, a bourbon that I wouldn't enjoy drinking, but the hype train really blew this thing out of the water for me. And so it, for me, it's one of those quality to price ratio issues. And this is uh, the reason it's on my list is it's just, man, it became hard to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, you end up overpaying for it. And for what it is, it just didn't knock my socks off. Well, it got rated the number one bourbon in the world. Yes. Thank and, you, Frederick. Uh, that and, was a little... And in Fred's defense, that was not his fault. He was just one of the tasters and mm-hmm. he was one of the reporters that reported on it. He gets he gets blamed for Henry McKenna's hype train. It's not his fault. <sighs> it was the tasting competition overall. But same thing happened. But it's a single barrel. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that. There's so much barrel variance. And the rumor is that Heaven Hill stacked the deck in the competition and cherry-picked the best barrel that they had and they bottled that and sent those bottles to the competition mm. and that's why when you go and get something off the shelf you're like this isn't the best bourbon this isn't even the best bourbon i had today right it's just good yeah right yep and so i'm it's, i'm right there it's not even the best bourbon on the bottom shelf uh, if you found it on a bottom shelf now this last one you'll never see on a shelf no. uh, let alone a bottom one i've and never seen one on the shelf i've not either um the ones i've gotten have been from connections or, or friends of mine. And it is the Rock Hill Farms. Now, I'm not going to say it's bad whiskey, okay? I, I think it's good. Right. The price point, okay. It's 100 proof, okay? I can rock with that. Get it? That was a pun. Ah. That was a pun. Ah. Uh, I could rock with that. Poet didn't know it. Yeah. So, uh, it's not the price. Or it's not the, the juice. It's not the proof. It's the price and the hype again. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was one that blew up on the on the secondary market. I knew these things were like two hundred bucks or two fifty or something at one point. And uh, to me, when I got mine, 
Um, tried it several times and it's okay, but it's just one that I regret paying that kind of money for. Yeah, I, I happen to really love Rock Hill Farms, but I've never, I never got taken by the high secondary price. Mm -hmm. Everything that I've ever had of Rock Hill Farms, I was able to, you know, either make a reasonable exchange with somebody else, or I was able to, you know, get it at retail through a friend or something like that. Yeah. And so I never had that experience of like, ah, you know, dang it. Yeah. I, but I, I, I understand why people feel that way about it. And it's like, okay, if with that much hype and that price, I think I'd probably rather have a Blanton's gold or yeah, straight from absolutely. the barrel. And uh, to me, they're slightly easier to find somebody who has one that's willing to let them go for around that price yeah. and uh, higher proof. And it's the same mash bill. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably rather have. Yeah, I think that's the, the, the Yeah, that's the point for me is, is if you're going to spend that kind of money, which I don't even recommend you doing, but if you are going to spend secondary prices on Rock Hill Farms, you'd get much more bang for your buck with a Blanton Gold or strip in the barrel. And that's that's just the, the only reason it's on my list. It's a great pour, uh, just not a great price most of the time. All right, well that's it. That's our top Boom. 10. Nice. Uh, part two of Bottles We Regret Buying. So if this is your first time watching, we wanna thank you for tuning in and let you know a little bit about our show philosophy. And that is, we do all of this to bring people together around bourbon. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's important to me personally because I lost my brother to suicide in 2014. And in the aftermath and trying to figure out, you know, what happened, I realized that he had lost his sense of community from the people that were around him that were his support system. And I started to notice the connective power of bourbon and I thought, Maybe if I can get you connected to whiskey, whiskey will do the rest of the job mm -hmm. and get you connected to others so that you don't have to feel alone and separated the way that my brother did. And that led to forming this podcast. It led to us looking for opportunities for connection in the bourbon enthusiast world. And we discovered something that was a little bit negative. Yeah. Yeah. The whiskey trolls. The whiskey trolls. You guys suck. Yeah. Y'all guys, you make it not as much mm -hmm. fun. And so Wes and his infinite wisdom convinced me to start <laughs> a forum out there for Bourbon Real Talk viewers called Bourbon Real Talk Community, mm -hmm. where we don't allow any troll behavior. No, there's like a there's like an electric fence around the community mm -hmm. and the whiskey trolls walk right into it and because they, they're trolls. Oh, and it zaps them and we they, they never come they, back. Yeah, they don't like it. Yeah. yeah. And so, so they Stay we away. don't allow them. We don't allow them, and uh, we've we've been we've been at it for a little bit now. We have, as of the time of this recording, over twenty seven thousand members, and you wouldn't believe it unless you got in there and experienced it. But oh my gosh. there's actual community going on. Heart heart touching stories. Uh, I mean, people that are really connecting with people on much more deeper level than just about bourbon bourbon talk. There's right. a lot of that on there. But, man, people are becoming friends, mm -hmm. uh, spending time traveling across the country to see one another. It's just amazing. It's beautiful. And uh, there's another thing that the Whiskey Trolls uh, convinced me. Mm. Um, and they convinced me that if they can be hateful to oh, strangers yeah. online, that I can love people mm -hmm. online, even though I don't really know you personally. Mm -hmm. And that's why we end every show the same way, and that's this. If you woke up this morning and you're unsure whether or not anyone loves you, just know that we, we love, love you. you. And we'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. Cheers. Are we rolling, rolling? Absolutely. We're live in studio. We're live in studio. Welcome in. To Welcome the, to the Bourbon Real Talk podcast. We are. Where we have two phallic looking things pointing at our faces. Uh, one for each of us, honestly. Yeah, I get the bigger one. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, the bigger one's mine. Actually, 
His is bigger. That uh, is bigger. It's bigger. You He's can't got a see. short, stubby one. Yeah, mine's short and stubby. It's not the size that matters. We know that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They still both perform the same. On the inside, it's the same microphone. We're talking about microphones. We're talking about microphones. What you think we're talking if you about. have a dirty mind, we can't help that. You're, you're the pervert in this situation. Yeah, we're, we're just guys mics. that love whiskey and, and audio equipment. Yeah, I get so ramped up on audio equipment, uh, I'm telling you. Yeah. Which is probably why his mic's bigger. Okay. <laughs> so... Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.